Hi, this is Billy Briscoe from the Briscoe Group, a minority-owned firm founded right here in Houston. Stuck in a business dispute, injured at work, a bad auto accident. We're standing by day and night ready to fight for you. Put the law on your side with Houston's top legal team. Schedule a free consultation at thebriscoelawfirm.com. Call us at 713-752-2600. Put the law on your side with Houston's top legal team. Because every client matters. The lamb prepared. The infancy narrative in the Gospel of Luke is the fulfillment of the promises to David made a thousand years before Christ's birth that referred to the coming of Messiah. His coming was prophesied in the scripture. His birth was announced by an angel who ranks highest in the hierarchy of angels. His conception was enabled by the creative power of the divine spirit. He will be uniquely powerful and will fulfill God's plan for Israel's and the world's salvation. Luke intends for Jesus and John the Baptist to be compared for the reader to see that Jesus is demonstrably greater than John the Baptist. The step parallelism of the two annunciations serves a Christological purpose. John's conception is remarkable in that Elizabeth is barren and she has a son or she's pregnant with a son in her old age. That is remarkable, but it has happened before. Sarah was an old woman and gave birth to a child. Hannah was barren and gave birth to a child. So birth to Elizabeth in her old age is remarkable because being barren, God opens her womb. John the Baptist being born to an old woman is remarkable. But Jesus' conception is not remarkable but miraculous. Zachariah belongs to the priestly line. Mary has no inherited status. Zacharias is righteous and blameless in the law. Nothing is said of Mary's obedience or her righteousness. Devout prayer occasions the appearance of Gabriel to Zachariah. The visit to Mary comes completely at the divine initiative. 
Zechariah is in Jerusalem in the city of David. Mary is a young woman in an obscure village called Nazareth. Zechariah's wife Elizabeth will bear a son. Mary will bring forth a son. That her betrothed Joseph has nothing to do with. In last week's message, we saw how God promised a lamb. This morning, I want us to see how that lamb has been prepared. The virgin birth of Jesus was an unprecedented act of God for our poor humanity. Look with me in verse 26 through 28 at the place reserved for this lamb. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Liberal theologians, brothers and sisters, liberal theologians, of whom I am not, but liberal theologians have sought to reduce the virginity of Mary, mentioned twice in verse 27. They try to reduce her virginity by saying that Mary was simply a young woman. When the Bible speaks of Mary in her virginity, liberal theologians say that speaking of her in her virginity makes her merely or simply a young woman. But the vessel God chose to use to bring his son into the world was not just a young woman. She was a virgin young woman, perfectly pure. Now, brothers and sisters, hear me. That is vitally important Christologically because God promised that the savior of humanity would be born the seed of the woman. By sending Jesus through the womb of a virgin, God gave him a human body, a human nature, without his inheriting a fallen nature. He is born of a virgin woman because he has a human body and a human nature, but not a fallen nature, rendering him in the language of the Latins, he's non posse picare, unable, incapable of sinning. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For he both made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The virgin birth of Jesus is the foundational doctrine of the Christian religion. Because without Jesus' virgin birth, there is no savior. Without a savior, there is no hope. And with no hope, there is no foundation upon which to build our faith. That would make Jesus just another man. And if Jesus is another man, we are still in our sins. Our preaching is in vain, our faith is in vain, and we are among all men most miserable. But Jesus is not just another man, he's the son of God without sin, 
and the son of man with power. Virgin born, Jesus Christ came into the world perfectly sinless so that we might sin less. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. I, I want to get the notion out of your spirit, out of your mind, to quit referring to God as the man upstairs. That's, that's irreverent. That's almost blasphemous to call God a man upstairs. I wouldn't go to sleep tonight if there was a man upstairs. What, what I needed to save me was not a man upstairs. Not, not some higher power. That's, that's what they have in Alcoholics Anonymous. But at the church, we don't serve a higher power. We serve the true and the living God. And that true and living God was born in Bethlehem. Reared in Nazareth. Baptized in the Jordan. Performed miracles in the desert place. Wept over Jerusalem. Prayed in Gethsemane. Died one Friday. Was laid in a tomb. Got up early one Sunday morning. With all power in his hand. Seated on the right hand of God right now. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. Because he's not just another man. Terry Anderson is another man. George Bush is another man. Joe Biden is another man. But Jesus is not another man. He's the ancient of days. He's the day spring of Israel. He's a rose of Sharon. He's a lily of the valley. He's a bright morning star. He's not just, I, I wouldn't be in church today if that was a man to be worshipped. That night, when in Judean skies, the mystic star dispensed its light, a blind man moved in sleep and dreamed that he had sight. That night when to the mother's breast the tender babe was held secure, a prostitute slept a happy sleep and dreamed that she was pure. That night when in the manger lay the sanctified who came to save a blind man moved in the sleep of death and dreamed that there was no grave. He's not just any other man. He is the son of God, born not remarkably, but miraculously. Mary had not known a man sexually, and she was betrothed to Joseph. The betrothal, the marriage price having been paid, the dowry having been exchanged, and the betrothal lasts an entire year. So Mary being engaged to Joseph is like she's married because a man could put away a woman in divorce who was betrothed to him. That's how seriously the Jews took a betrothal. And for Mary to have been unfaithful to Joseph, the Bible says she could have been stoned. But Matthew's gospel said when Joseph heard about it, 
he put her away privately because he would not want her to be stoned. But God said, don't be afraid to take her for your wife because what has been conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. Have I got a witness here? Jesus is not just some other man because if he were, you and I are fools for serving a man. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living. Whatever men may see, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus. Christ Je Christ not just Jesus, because there were some other men named Jesus when he was born, but he is Christ Jesus. Uh, I want you to see in verses 29 through 33, the promise revealed. There's a place reserved, and that place was in the womb of a young peasant girl. Before I go to my second little, 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 little word here, I, I love how God invades our space through the back door. God could have come in Herod's palace, but he came in a horse trough. God could have come bedecked in elegant splendor but he was wrapped in swaddling clothes God could have come from nobility but he came from a little girl who didn't even have anywhere to have her baby that's divinity through the back door and because God lowered himself you and I can raise our heads this morning because he came down to where we are, we can come up to where he is. Because he emptied himself to become one of us, we can fill ourselves to become just like him. I need somebody here this morning who's not proud and high-stepping in your own conceit, thinking that you're here because you have some pedigree or you got some kind of breeding or status. You know you're just here by the grace and the mercy and the favor of God. I wish I had somebody here who know like Mary that you are highly favored. Not just favored, but highly favored. When you look back over your life and see where God has brought you from and what God has brought you to, you're not just favored, but highly favored. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to my little second point here, but stop, stop, stop letting people make you apologize for being blessed. If God has birthed opportunity in you, be all God made you to be. If God is birthing destiny and potential in your life, don't let nobody bury the light of your potential under the bushel of their expectation. Because folk are always going to be jealous of you when you're favored.
They will always try to put you down when God shows you favor. I'm trying to leave it alone. But, but, but favor is so unfair that God will skip over them and let the blessing fall on you. You deserve it the least. I wish I had a witness here. You've been the most low down of them all, but God just skipped over them and chose to bless you. You don't believe that? You in this church this morning. And some people died and the, and the hearse picked them up. And here you are at Lily Grove this morning because God just skipped over you and took somebody. That's favor. And then if you got the activity of your limbs, you highly favored. If you know where you are, you highly favored. If you got a job in the morning, food in your pantry, clothes on your back, money in your pocket, a bed to sleep in, you highly favored. Thank you. For favor. 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 Somebody help me say that this morning. I am highly favored. Now, if you're not, I'm not talking to you. But to those of us who know we are, you can help me shout about God's goodness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is the Lord's faithfulness. And then I'm, I'm, I'm really, God knows I'm trying to get to it. But when I think about where I could have been, what should have happened to me? I wish I had somebody to help me. I've sinned enough that I ought to be in hell this morning. But he again skipped over. The death angel flew over my house last night and flew over your house last night. And if that's not cause for you to give God praise, somebody needs to shake you because you dead. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. You have found favor. Mary didn't deserve anything. God just chose to make her womb his house. Mary came from nothing. God chose to make her womb his dwelling place. And you and I this morning came from nothing. And God just chose to let us birth possibility. Oh, I wish I could stay right there. But, but that's the place reserved. 
But in verses 29 through 33, there's the promise revealed. Verses 29 through verse 33, but she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. That's the promise revealed. Brothers and sisters, hear me. It was not Gabriel's appearance but it is the word he spoke that caused Mary consternation. Zechariah was disturbed by his appearance. Mary was disturbed by his word. Zechariah said, how can this be? Mary said, when will this be? And all God is looking for this morning is somebody who will ask not how can you do it, but when will you do it? Brothers and sisters, if you got enough faith, God will do it in your life this morning. Don't be like those people who are always trying to figure it out. Just trust God to work it out. Yeah. She is told that she will become the mother of a son, but that this son will be no ordinary child. The most profound moment of all time and eternity has come in Mary. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Mary is told that the child's name is to be Jesus. In the Hebrew tongue, Yeshua, which is another name, Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. The name Jesus is the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Brothers and sisters, grace is not limited simply to receiving mercy and forgiveness. But finding favor with God means that God entrusts you with something great and God entrusts you to do something great. His name is the only name that opens the gates of heaven. His name redeems the human soul from the bondage of sin. His name delivers lost men and women from the very threat of hell. And his name speaks peace and hope to those who are dying in this world without God. The only hope we have is Jesus Christ. Confusion is great in the world today. Persecution is everywhere with such a heavy weight, but we have this hope, and it's in Jesus Christ.
I wish I had something more profound than that, but I'll never be able to preach anything more profound than that. That the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. There is not a thousand ways to get to God. The only way to get to God the Father is through his Son, Jesus Christ. I don't care what the Muslims say. I don't care what the Jehovah's Witnesses say. I don't care what the Mormons say. I don't care what Miss Oprah says. There's not a thousand ways to get to God. The only way to get to God is through his Son, Jesus Christ. I have, I have been in some deep conversations this past week over a whole lot of things that's going on in the culture uh, that is antithetical to the Christian religion. And, and, and I am a believer in the Bible. I, I don't just preach it, I believe it. I, I don't just read it, I believe it. And because I believe it, I, I am often in, in some stern conversation with people who look at what's going on in the culture and they go along to get along. And so I have to make my position clear. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not homophobic. I'm not intolerant. I'm a Christian. And there's a whole lot that's going on culturally with, with the LGBTQ community and, and the trans community. I could get with them if God was with them. Likewise, I could get with getting drunk if God was with it. I could get with adultery if God was with me. But I've got to preach against it because the Bible is against it. And we love to name sins that we don't commit. But all unrighteousness is sin. And then the question comes to me is, well, Reverend, suppose they are born that way. And my answer is, you got to be born again. Because I was born that way. I wish I had another sinner in here this morning. My feet are always quick to run from God. I'm always thinking wrong. See how quiet some of you super saints got in here? Evil thoughts creep in my mind. Wrongdoing gets in my way, and I'm still a Christian. Because if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. And so John says, I've got to go to God and confess my sins because he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But the only way that can happen for me is I got to be a Christian 
and the blood of Jesus has got to be shed in my heart and I believe that he died for my sins and Christ rose for my justification and every time I desire to do good when evil is always present Jesus goes to God the Father and says I know he tripped up but I paid for that on Calvary. What can wash? I wish I had another sinner in here this morning. I need somebody in here who got some skeletons in your closet that if you open the door, every last one of them would fall out right now. I need somebody here who ain't tripping and lying about what you used to be and what you still are from time to time. But grace... He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. I'm through. But I want you to see in verses 34 through 38 the power released. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. Here's the shout. For nothing. Nothing. No thing. Nothing. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Her virginity is presented as an obstacle to conception that can only be overcome by the miraculous creative power of the Holy Spirit. Just as God created the world ex nihilo, out of nothing, so will he create this unique child out of nothing. Mary is an unmarried virgin. Conception for her without a husband is impossible. But this state presents no obstacle to God accomplishing his divine plan. Because brothers and sisters, when you trust God, he will make the impossible possible. I'm, I'm looking at some folk in here as I hurry to the close. I'm I'm looking at some people in here that God is birthing in you possibility. You came to Jesus barren. You came to Jesus with nothing, knowing nothing, having nothing, being nothing. But when you allow the Holy Ghost to overshadow you, he starts to birth in you possibility and somebody in here this morning is pregnant 
with spirit possibility. But you may just be in an unsterile environment around people who don't believe you're going to be what God said you're going to be. You need to find you some better company. You need to get around some people who know God can do anything. You don't believe God can do anything? Just look at the person sitting on the pew next to you. That person and you are people who should have been dead. But God let the Holy Ghost overshadow you. And you are in this church this morning full of possibility. You got a shout you've been trying to get out since last Wednesday. God's been so good to you this year. You know how many people died in the United States from COVID? And many of us were stricken with COVID and God still let us live? That's an impossible possibility. I wish I had a witness here. Somebody was skipped over for a promotion and you thought it was all over in your life. But God closed that door and opened another door. And here you are doing better than the folk who tried to get you fired. That's an impossible possibility. I wish I had one or two more witnesses here. You were raised on the wrong side of the tracks. And they thought you'd never be anything because you got pregnant before you got married. But look how far God has brought you. Look how many doors God has opened for you. Look how many ways God has made for you. You were raised in the projects and the people who came from gated communities looked down their noses at you. But look where God has brought you, not only from, but look what, where God brought you to. God has brought you to possibility. God has brought you to new and different experiences. God has opened doors that were closed in your face. God has made your enemies leave you alone. God has made folk who look down at you look up towards you. Because God is able to take what is impossible and make it possible. There was an impossibility one day of a young girl named Mary who had never had sexual relations with a man. But the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and she became pregnant with the Most High God. And the Bible says you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's something about the name Jesus that's different from any other name you will ever hear or know. Jesus in the morning. Jesus at noonday. Jesus late in the evening Jesus in the midnight hour people who don't feel like moving move when they hear that name folk who don't generally clap clap when they hear that name folk who don't ordinarily shout shout when I call that name because that's something about the name Jesus that's power in that name that's healing in that name there's deliverance in that name. There's salvation in that name. If the name means anything to you, if the name excites you like it excites me, 
if the name is really powerful in your life, that name is not in the category with any other name. That name is in the class all by himself. I wish I had a witness here this morning who knows that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name Jesus. Come on, help me call that name. It's a life-giving name. It's a sin-killing name. It's a mercy-imparting name. There's something wonderful about that name. I love to call that name. It sounds like music in my ear. Is there anybody here love to call that name? Come on, help me talk about him a minute. I know it's time to go right now, but you don't mind if I talk about him a minute? You don't mind if I praise his name, do you? I know we praised him last Sunday, but I feel like praising him this Sunday. I know we clapped our hands last Sunday, but this is a brand new Sunday morning. I know we gave him glory last week, but he did so much Monday. He did so much Tuesday. He was so kind on Wednesday. He was so merciful on Thursday. He shut my heart on fire Friday. He opened a door for me on Saturday. And here I am Sunday morning because I need him to do something tomorrow for me. And the day after tomorrow and the day after that, I need him to have mercy on me because I know I'm going to mess up tomorrow and I'm going to mess up next week. So I need him to have mercy this morning. That's why I'm crying out on that name. Is there anybody else here need mercy this morning? Anybody else here need favor this morning? Anybody else here need forgiveness this morning? Help me call that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on and help me talk about him. Jesus, Jesus. Just say that name, Jesus, 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 save me, Jesus, raise me, Jesus, delight me, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus, have mercy, Jesus, Love me, Jesus. Hold me, Jesus. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Won't he hold you? Won't he pick you up? Turn you around. Place your feet on solid ground. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I heard my girlfriend, Gladys Knight, singing while I was driving somewhere. My girlfriend, Gladys Knight, was singing. She just got a Kennedy Center honor. And I heard my girlfriend, Gladys Knight, singing about somebody who was the best thing that ever happened to her. And then she sung about another man who was leaving 
on a midnight train to Georgia. I don't know who Gladys was singing about. I don't know who was leaving on a midnight train to Georgia, but I'm going home on the morning train because the evening train may be too late. I don't know who the man was. That was the best thing that ever happened to Miss Gladys. But Jesus, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Is he your best thing? Is he your best thing? Come on, help me worship him. Help me praise him. Help me magnify him. Tell him thank you. 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 I know he's with me he tells me I am his own won't he fix it won't he turn it around won't he make a way out of no way you don't know what your neighbor is going through this morning why don't you look at somebody tell them whatever you're going through Jesus is the best thing that can ever happen to you. Look at somebody else, tell them no matter what the problem is, Jesus is the best thing. Won't he fix it? Won't he turn it around? Thank you, I know he's all right.